1380 KCIM Sports presents KCIM Sports Rewind. A look back at the week in high school sports. Brought to you by St. Anthony Rehab Services. Here's sports director Jeff Blankman, John Ryan, and Jeff Honnell. Here we go, Sports Rewind once again. Uh, post postseason edition of Sports Rewind, and Honnold already has his hand up to talk. We literally just started the show, dude. Yeah, but coming in, I heard a promo for the show, and John had to spend time, half hour, with Honnold and Blankman. It, the quote was, it should have been, you get to spend time with us, not uh, I, have to. Well, I, okay, to, to clarify, if anybody didn't hear it, I was playing the song, Poor, Poor Pit me. <laughs> it fits. <laughs> I, I thought it totally did. It, it, totally did. Did. it did. It did. I, I, I did catch that part of it, but I, it, it, you know, you have to spend time. I mean, it, you, this is a blessing for you. Hey, I am nothing if not honest. <laughs> I will just say this: for John, it's probably the longest half hour of his week. True that. True story. <laughs> True story. It is KCIM Sports Rewind. We're going to get to Chris Quayar from the uh, Athletic Association, but first, we're going to run through a couple of news and notes. First of all. We got to wish a very happy birthday, Nick Brinks, celebrating his birthday today, number thirty. Yeah, uh, I tell you what, had fun. Uh, Paige, his lovely wife, threw a surprise birthday party for him on Saturday afternoon. It was so funny. He comes walking into his house and he kind of looks, and then he looks, and took him. A, it took him until everybody went surprised to go. Oh, this is for me. <laughs> He's not the quickest boy in the world. He's like, well, why is everybody in my house? Yes. But, yeah, happy 30th birthday to Nick. Yep. Uh, a great guy. Yeah. I remember when he was an intern here. He used to hang around. I'm like, why is that guy hanging around? He, no, he wants to learn radio. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Like we I said, he's not the brightest, ball, the brightest ball. <laughs> but still doing it for us. Thanks, Nick, for all you do. Yes. Once again, does a fantastic job yeah. calling ball games for yes. us and everything. Fun guy. He's he's like the uh, uh, the Eastern Bureau of Carroll Broadcasting. Yes, you know, he is. We got games out there. So. Yep. Joe Burks even texted me during the postseason and said, "Man, Nick is really really good." Like yeah. I know, yeah, I know. Absolutely, he, he yeah. learned from the best right here at yeah. Carroll Broadcasting. Yeah. So. Yeah, we have no problem saying that. Uh, also, you saw... <laughs> wow. Maybe you guys are the pitiful ones. Wow. <laughs> what about uh, Kim McCaffrey Davis? We haven't mentioned her in a long time on the show. She had a Facebook post you just noticed, Jeff. Yeah. Um, 25 years ago today, uh, the Tiger girls yeah. won their second of back-to-back state championships. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to every member of that team and Still the coaching some staff. Town. Absolutely. Quite a few, I think. Yeah. 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 I can't remember. Was that the one where they, they made the last second bucket to win it, or was that 96? I think that was 96. 96. The first one, I think, is when they, they did The other one, I think they kind of controlled yeah. a little bit more. But. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was when I did a song called Winning It All. Yeah. For that. I think yeah. that first one there. So, But yeah, back-to-back titles, and then Kemper won it the following year. Yes. Yeah, so. great time back here. Still a great time, but a yeah. great time back then. Congratulations to our friend Will Ballman. Um, yeah. is taking over the Buena Vista volleyball job. He was down in Clorinda, so that'll be Nice to have him in the area to start picking his brain again. Yeah, yeah, okay. one, of, one of the great coaches. Oh yeah! By the way, uh, I was going to mention when when Kemper won that third back uh, back to back to back championships for the town of Carroll. Uh, I remember Munson saying on the air, "The trophy's coming back to Carroll where it belongs." <laughs> wow! <laughs> I thought that was a great line that he had then. Congratulations, so. talking about state to uh, Carroll, uh, Carroll boys down there. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll talk Got beat about by that. the vigil champion, but yep. yeah, good time and yeah. and uh, I guess. On Fun. that, on nice. That. See, it's almost like he's a radio professional now. He segued <laughs> nicely into our guest. Sure. 
I don't know. You had, you had time to think that up or what? I did. I, I've been thinking about it for a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's your moment to shine, man. You, you, you shine. Let's bring on Chris Cuellar once again with the High School Athletic Association. Chris, thanks so much for spending some time with us once again this morning. Uh, let's kind of start with basketball. Carroll Tigers were back there for the first time in about a dozen years, so it was exciting for us. But talk about how the, uh, how the whole tournament ran in Des Moines this year as compared to past years and had to be a lot more fun to kind of get back to what they call normal, I guess. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, yeah, I'm still kind of recovering uh, from uh, last week and, and our, our winter tournament run. Uh, but everything went really, really well. I hope, I hope you all had a good experience down there on Tuesday as well. Um, but uh, it was a fun week of basketball. We had five overtime games. We had a couple of super competitive uh, championships, uh, but it all went off kind of on schedule and mostly uneventfully. We didn't have to hunker down at a bunker and cancel the events for thousands of people, and uh, that made it uh, pretty nice. So um, it ended up uh, being a, a good week, uh, all things considered. I know a lot of people look at highlights for the week, but is a highlight for somebody from the Athletic Association the fact that you didn't have any big bumps in the road, things went pretty normal? <laughs> I say to, to folks that I see in person that uh, uneventful event means it went well. Um, and so uh, if we can kind of be like those game officials where things just, the game just kind of happens and you don't really notice us and we just kind of keep control and maybe have to enforce a couple of things, but uh, everything goes okay, then, then, then job well done. Chris, uh, with all the things you have going on down there and all the work you have to do, how much do you get a chance to sit around and kind of watch the games and enjoy them? And were there some games this year that maybe you saw parts of that really jump off the board as being some of those great games, as you said, five overtimes? Yeah, good question. Um, I, funny enough, during the games themselves is probably the most time I actually have. Uh, <laughs> I'm super busy uh, between games, uh, as games wind down, and then uh, usually halftime involves some kind of duty. Um, so uh, I, I kind of get to plop down for first quarter, maybe some of the third quarter, and then I'm usually standing in the tunnels before the game's finished because I've got to run on the court and do something. Um, so I, I do get to watch some of those closer finishes, or I might have to hustle in the case of uh, – you know, the Class 4A championship game, which went to a continuous clock, surprisingly. Uh, so that we have, uh, you know, trophies and hats and nets and brackets to give out. And uh, when the continuous clock hit on that on Friday night, uh, we were like, uh, we have 12 minutes and we have to <laughs> coordinate a couple dozen people and be out on the court. So um, it, it was pretty good. Uh, the 3A field uh, that Carroll was in was pretty exciting, Jeff. Um that class was absolutely wide open and everybody knew it. Um, and you saw that with regular season results and we saw that with the seating. Um, so we, we do coaches seating. Now we've been doing that for the last few years. A lot of people still think the athletic association just picks them and sticks them on a line, but that's not, qu- not the case at this time. Um, so DCG ended up winning the thing and they were the number one seed. Well, in the coaches seating, meaning they received a vote for 11th. And Central DeWitt, the other finalist, they ended up being seated seventh, and they received a first-place vote. So that just lets you know it was just absolutely all across the board. Nobody knew who the best team in 3A was, and so we got a legitimate tournament with some great games and a final that was decided in the last couple seconds. So um, can't ask for much more than that. And you had a lot of really good talent, a lot of Division One talent. A lot of kids are going to be playing on the next level. Do you guys ever get a chance to sit there and kind of marvel at the, just the talent that's collected on the floor there at Des Moines? 
I, you know what? And as someone who used to cover, uh, you know, recruiting in Iowa high school basketball statewide, um, it really has improved over the last five, six years. And I know there were some elite stretches, um, and there's been NBA talent coming in and out of the state, but the, the level has risen statewide. And I think you can probably see that in your own community in terms of, you know, the kids that are, you know, good or contributing to the team, that, that they've really, you know, improved their, their off-season practice, their athleticism, everything else. We're seeing some some really talented kids perform. And then, you know, that was kind of capped by Ames, who I already mentioned, uh, Taman Lipsy, uh, Iowa State commit, the point guard for an absolutely dominant Ames team this week. Uh, he was incredibly impressive and had a, a triple-double in the championship game, even though he only played about 20 minutes. Chris, Jeff Honnold, uh, we were only down, I guess I, I was only down there for the Carroll game, um, but the crowds that I saw were, were big uh, the game before ours and looked like the winter set crowd was coming in pretty big. How were the crowds there? Did, did you get to as many as you thought? It was pretty good, Jeff, um, but we're still kind of comparing things to, I guess, what our last, um, you know, normal year was, if you want to call it that, and that was 2019. Um, and, you know, what we're seeing across all sports is a pretty good return in attendance, but not completely what it used to be. Um, and, you know, there could be any number of reasons for that. Um, but, you know, we were pleased with the crowds we saw, and a couple of the championship games had some pretty good crowds as well. Um, but, you know, the numbers just aren't totally back to, to what they were pre-pandemic or, you know, even 10 years ago. Um, when you know there were huge crowds coming in for you know those championship Ames teams and, and a little after that. Now we we talk about the basketball tournament like that's the only thing you guys did, but you had state wrestling a couple of weeks before that. This has got to be just an insane month uh, at the high school athletic association, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I tried to have some family time this weekend, but I'm still feeling a little little fatigued. Uh, we do four tournaments in four weeks um, in. I guess three different places, so um, that's it ends up being quite a bit, um, and then you're kind of going bang, bang, bang in terms of turnaround times. Um, and as a communications guy, this it's not a poor me. It, it is really exciting, but as a communications guy, um, I have to be at everything. So uh, <laughs> it ends up uh, being long going from Iowa City to state wrestling to uh, I was even up at state bowling in Waterloo and then uh, wrapping things out with uh, basketball. So, um, yeah, ready for a little bit of a breather, even though we just started practice for spring sports yesterday. Chris, a quick question for you here. You mentioned nets and stuff here a little bit ago. Jeff Storyhan and I over the weekend were just discussing, and then he talked to Kim McCaffrey Davis this morning on Facebook about cutting down the nets. He thought that he remembered that the association or union used to allow nets to be cut down. You mentioned that kids celebrating with nets. Do you guys supply nets for them to celebrate? Because I know you don't allow them to cut down. How do you guys handle the net situation at State? actually come down with a box of nets jeff <laughs> and uh they're hanging on they're hanging on the trophies in the back room we got we got our little our little bunker office um where where all the magic happens and when we break out the championship trophy we've got a net ready we've got a banner ready we've got medals championship caps we've got the new championship bracket so it's, it's part of the setup but uh yeah we're, we're not uh I, I i can't speak to what they did 10 or 20 years ago but with the quick turnarounds and then being on the Iowa Wolves court, um, we're not uh, breaking out the ladders like at the NCAA tournament four different times. Yeah, I got to tell you, Honold, 
that the mere fact that Jeff Blankman and Jeff Storyhan sit around on the weekend and talk about nets is <laughs> I'm never hanging out with them on a weekend. Ever. I've been in the car. That's the cleanest thing they've talked about. But it, it, you would not believe what those two uh, warped minds will talk about during it. Coilar, you're lucky you're not with them. <laughs> uh, we want to start on talking a little bit about state baseball because obviously coming back to Carroll, that was huge news for us. As we looked at it the last time, you know, when we got state baseball back, it was all said, it's a year. That's it. It's not going to be back. It's like a one-year deal. But everybody here in Carroll kind of thought, well, if we do a good job, really put some effort into this stuff, you know, you, there's no telling about this stuff. Uh, when did you guys at the association kind of realize it was going to be a multi-year deal for Carroll and Iowa City? I think what you just described, kind of that attitude, like, let's do a good job and see how it goes, that was, that was similar to our approach, too. I mean, which was that uh, we know what we're getting when we go back to Carroll. Um, let's see how it goes. And then we know we have to probably make some longer-term decisions. Um, you know, these aren't 20-year contracts anymore or whatever they used to hand out. But, um, and that's how it went. It was, it, was, it was an outstanding experience. And that was the feedback that we had. That was the feedback that we got from teams and coaches and kids, and um, it really, that felt like a no-brainer part of this equation. Um, we're really excited to be back in Carroll. We're excited to be back in Iowa City, too, but it's a little bit different arrangement, um, not just being at the University of Iowa, but knowing you know, they might have uh, you know, a few changes and some renovations taking place uh, over the next few years. Uh, Carol wants to work with us. They want they want it to be part of you know making this a marquee event and making Carol the the hub for you know one A and two A baseball and and that's awesome for us. Um, not only is it down the road, but we know these are excited people who want to do a great job and and they did and they proved it and it it should be a lot of fun to be back there this summer. Chris, did the conversation start almost immediately after last year's state baseball tournament, or when did the conversations with the, with that committee and the city of Carroll begin to kind of bring it back for a few more years at least? As far as formal discussions, yeah, probably after the event and then over the last few months, um, you know, but the way we're managing things and the way the events run and, and the way they thought things were going, I mean, we, we were talking with them when we were in Carroll, um, you know, about how things were. Not, not that, uh, you know, things were decided, but here's some feedback, here's what's going well, here's what could, we could improve for, you know, future years. And those were part of the discussions that factored into us being comfortable signing, you know, a three-year arrangement um, at this time. And, you know, I think you could probably even speak more to that. But um, we're excited about some of the potential improvements at Merchants Park as well. Um, and we just think it's going to be and continue to be a great event. Now, what kind of improvements are you guys looking for? I mean, uh, what, did you make suggestions as to what can be done to the ballpark or what can be done for fans? Was there any input from the association on improvements to Merchants Park? They've offered us opportunities for feedback, but I'd say the folks in at the city and at Merchants Park are, are, are they're a step ahead. I mean, they they know what they, they want to you know, improve some of the playing surface in time. They want to kind of expand some of the dugout space. They're going to look at lights. I don't know if people out there have priced what lights cost at baseball facilities these days, but it is not cheap. Um, <laughs> so that that's something that's under consideration. Um, other things in terms of netting and fencing. You know, maybe some even potential improvements to the seating areas, but that's all stuff they're looking at and under consideration. And, and when we go to some of these newer places, and, and we've kind of experimented with that a little bit in some of our other sports um, over the last few years as contracts have changed, um, you know, what little improvements can we make? Let's see them happen. 
um, and, and how can it improve the state tournament experience? And um, we've gotten nothing but positive um, feedback and responsiveness um, from Carol about that. And, 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 you know, that's something to look forward to. That's a reason to come back. Yeah, you don't run out of the hardware store to pick up some lights <laughs> for the baseball stadium, that's for sure. But uh, you mentioned Class 1A, 2A here in Carroll. Is it going to stay that way? Or are you going to alternate 2A and 3A possibly or alternate through a few classes? No, that, that's the plan right now. The plan is uh, 1A, 2A um, in terms of seating and travel and uh, crowds and expectations. This suits it very well. Um, one of the big factors in terms of competitiveness is that they have turf uh, in eastern Iowa. And as it has been told to us, you know, I'm sure some coach or AD will, will feel free to call in and disagree, but as it has been communicated to us, a lot of 1A and 2A schools are not interested in playing on turf because they don't see it during the regular season. And a lot of 3As and 4As are very comfortable playing on turf because it's something they either have or their kids play on uh, in the off season. Chris, last year was the first year since the tournament moved to Principal Park and, and Sick Taylor Stadium years ago that you know the classes were separated again for the association. How did that work out? Is that something that works well for you guys, or is there a desire to someday have all four classes back at the same location? Good question. Um, in terms of scheduling, the split site format worked out okay. Um, you know, anybody who paid super close attention last year, we went Monday through Thursday in Carroll, and then Wednesday through Saturday in Iowa City. Starting this summer, our plan is to go Monday through Friday at both locations. Um, not just to you know break up the days a little bit and give a little bit more time for rest, um, but um, to hopefully you know feature that finals Friday, kind of like we've done for basketball, where you know somebody could theoretically, <laughs> whether you're at home or you want to go to a site and watch two games, you can theoretically sit and watch championship baseball all day long, um, which is a pretty exciting thing. Um, as a staff, we're going to have to see as well because some of us were able to split up. Uh, you know, Carol and Iowa City, I was at both venues uh, all six days. I'll, I'll have to pick one. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys guess which one I'll pick. But um, uh, So we're going to have to see who goes where and, and how that all shakes out. But um, I anticipate it running okay, and it really gives us a good opportunity to, you know, let the sites shine on their own, um, you know, and, and, and see what we can fix at each place. Well, Chris, if you pick the right one, I might be able to have a little golf cart so you can tootle back and forth instead of walking all day. <laughs> that sounds excellent. So um, you, you talked about the schedule um, and rest. Are, are you looking at lengthening it so that uh, maybe pitching isn't quite as uh, strained as it was this year? Exactly right. Yeah, that and, um, you know, maybe attendance. Um, so the, the plan is to do all the quarterfinals on Monday and Tuesday and then give those those pitchers another day in between theoretically so that the 1A semifinals would be later on Wednesday. I don't have exact times in front of me yet. Um, and then Thursday would be just 2A semifinals, and then we'll feature two championship games on Friday. You know, it's interesting. You look at the two sites you're going to have now. You got Carroll and you got Iowa City. One's a municipal or a city kind of effort. The other one is kind of the university is taking care of all those facility and things like that. What? And then you got a third option. It's the it's the Iowa Cubs. What are they saying these days about a state tournament ever returning potentially to Principal Park? I think some of the staff members at the Iowa Cubs would love for us to come back. And you know, we had a, we had a great relationship with them, and, and and that part hasn't changed. It's just the facility needs and timing you know, are, are a little bit different. Um, and uh, as we mentioned in the release, and it is a very real thing that, you know, a lot of people seem to ignore, Major League Baseball has taken over Minor League Baseball's scheduling. And at this time, our understanding and what we've been told by the ICUBs and other 
minor league baseball parks is that they can't guarantee more than a year um, in terms of scheduling. And we, with a quality place like Carroll, willing to line up for multiple years at a time, and our schedule planning going years out in advance for anybody who's looked at those on, 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 you know, on our website or know how athletic schedules work, we're trying to not go <laughs> six months at a time. We, we'd like to tell people where they're going and be able to plan some of these events a little further out. Um, so we, we were looking for a multi-year arrangement after last year, and places that had minor league teams, Iowa Cubs included, just, you know, it, it just wasn't able to make that kind of guarantee right now. Chris, uh, back to the schedule for just a moment. Uh, last year and, and every summer, you, you get those really, really hot days, and last year we had a couple of those during the state tournament. Did the change in the schedule have anything to do to be able to kind of maybe stay away from the mid part of the day when you can get those 110-degree heat indices afternoons? Yeah, a little bit, and then and then what Honold mentioned, mentioned, you know, which is just that, you know, you've got kids out there in the middle of the day, and then we're doing a quick turnaround for pitching. If we can avoid that and try to give it, you know, as equitable as possible rest time and downtime, I, I think that's going to be better for everybody. And, you know, hopefully provide a better spectator experience. I can't promise that it's going to be, you know, 72 and breezy at 5 o'clock in uh, mid-July, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit better than that 2.30 window. Chris, uh, off of state baseball for a moment as we're going to wrap up here with you and let you get back to your normal duties. But uh, you have a former Carroll Tiger um, interning there uh, in Carly Ashinger. Uh, talk about the intern program that you guys have and, and some of the things maybe that you've had Carly doing while she's been there. I, absolutely. I've got, I've, I've got all these Carroll connections working with me. It's, it's pretty great these days. Um, yeah, so uh, I, we kind of revived the internship program uh, last year for the first time in probably 10 years, and I had some communications and sports information needs. So uh, we made our first hire last summer, and that was full-time, and, and uh, Lauren Ratliff was her name, and she was actually with me out in Carroll helping work that tournament. So um, we have college undergrads able to get hands-on state tournament experience uh, when they come work with us. And then we resumed it again this spring and I took on two interns, including Carly, and she's been great. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hire the best people who need this kind of experience or want this kind of experience and are go-getters. Carly fit that mold, uh, without a doubt. And, um, so it's, she's gotten, she was at all four state tournaments as well, actually, um, in the span of four weeks. So, um, we're thrilled to be able to offer it again this summer. Um, so anybody that you know would want that college experience can uh, you know come on out and they'll have the full spring experience and then summer baseball. But um, there's a lot of communications duties here. I think a lot of people assume that we're the size of the NCAA or that we're this gigantic state organization, but uh, we're a small nonprofit with 13 full-time employees, and I'm a one-person communications department. So I'll take all the help I can get. Um, and the interns have been, you know, essential in providing that help. So I'm hoping to bring on a couple more this summer. And then, you know, the more help I get, the more we get to do some, you know, bigger communications efforts like awesome highlight videos, which uh, Carol's own Kate Nissen was able to produce from state basketball. Um, so hoping he'll be able to join us at baseball again too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's pretty fun. Under the heading of take all the help you can get, Jeff Blankman, I think we're willing to volunteer Jeff Honnold to be a personal valet if you, if you want, Chris. <laughs> If, if anybody knows how good the food can be up at the uh, the softball uh, concession stand, uh, you know I'll, I'll take that valet ride uh, every day of the week. 
My wife was just talking about uh, we're going to have to get the gluten ice cream. They're already going to start making your uh, ice cream sandwiches, Chris. She was already already worried about you. She thought you looked a little thin at the state, state <laughs> tournament. So she's going to get your ice cream sandwiches all, all stored away. They're going to be special Chris ones. I, you, you don't know how much I appreciate that. I mean, I, I was saying last summer, if anybody who thinks the weight of my heart is through my stomach, uh, that they are absolutely correct, and Carol was a winner. So, <laughs> Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it, man. We can't wait to have state baseball back here in Carroll, and we, I, we'll just throw this out right now. We'd love to have it back permanently, but I know you guys got to take it a couple of years at a time. But everybody here extremely excited about hosting the state baseball tournament once again. Really looking forward to it. John, Jeff, Jeff, thank you so much for having me on. I'm sure I'll catch up with you guys soon. All right, Jeff Quayer once Take again care, uh, with the State Baseball uh, or the High School Athletic Association. And, yeah, State Baseball coming back. I can't think of a better place to have it once again than, than oh, Merchants oh. Park. And they're still talking about making more improvements for yeah. the stadium. And just it's just going to get bigger and better from here. Yeah, and, and you heard Chris talk a little bit about it. Some of the things that I, I've heard is, you know, maybe improving the bleachers that are outside of the grandstand area. Of course, the dugouts would be for the players. Lights, that, that's been something that's been talked about for years. Immediate Area, media um, area, uh, maybe looking to enlarge that a little bit and, and, and close more of yep. the media area. So you know what that would benefit certainly guys like us. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, and, and um, seating along the side I think can be better and things yep. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. They're, they're looking and more of it. They're looking to raise it up. They even talked about maybe some netting over the dugout area where those foul balls are coming in are a little hot. You know, maybe some protection. But um, they would love to see some outfield seating. That'd be kind of fun if you could bring that in for the state tournament. I, I grant it's it's tough with a softball field right there, but oh, that'd be kind of cool. There, there's there's probably areas in between the baseball and softball field where you could yeah you could you could roll some 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 bleachers in That's, there. I yeah. know they had there were some people that were uh, found that corner where they could watch for free. I know that was a bone of contention of wanting to maybe even raise the walls up a little bit uh, in certain areas to make mm-hmm. the home runs a little tougher. But uh, I heard the first grant fell through the COVID one. Uh, evidently, our zeros weren't near. Nearly long enough to uh, to qualify. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> so there's some pretty big numbers, but I know uh, Chris Whitaker is all over it, uh, and, and those guys trying to find some grants and find money to improve and continue to improve Merchants Park every year. I never, never bet against G-Man. By the yeah. way. No, no, I was no, going to no. say I don't think there's a better committee anywhere. Mm-hmm. to get things and improvements done with what those guys do and the way they love baseball and baseball here in Carroll. They'll, they'll get done what needs to be done. Just a quickie, uh, back back to baseball. Merchants just announced mini merchants. Yeah. That's really cool. $40, and the kid is paired up with a player, and they'll go on the field maybe once or twice during the year. Uh, of course, they can go down there time, but they're going to get some um, postcards from the road when they're out on the road, and, you know, and stuff like that. But they're going to have their own. You know, one player might have five or six player or kids that are his own uh, cheering section. So kind of a cool little right, idea. Yeah, you get a shirt and and uh, pretty cool forty dollars, and it's it's really a cool idea. Very very cool stuff. So uh, again, hopefully bigger better improvements once again for uh, Merchants Park. And speaking of bigger and better. Well, how about that for a segue? There huh? you go. You're getting good. <laughs> I, I'm a professional. You people at home, don't try that. You could, you could strain something, literally. But uh, The folks at St. Anthony Sports Performance can help you out with that. Uh, once again, if you demand power and strength and you can benefit from their eight-week workout program, give them a call, 
5241. Be your best preseason, in season, or off season. As the athletes at your house prepare for hard work and fun of the season, remember that St. Anthony Rehab Services provides physical therapy for any sports injury that may sideline your member of the team. Sports injuries can plague kids of all ages and keep them from playing the sport they love. Athletes will be under the direct supervision of a certified and licensed healthcare professional in the newly renovated sports performance facility. If an injury is keeping your athlete out of the game, call St. Anthony Rehabilitation Services at 794-5000 for sports injury and treatment rehab. It is KCIM Sports Rewind. Our thanks to Chris Cuellar once again from the State High School Athletic Association for joining us. And he mentioned one thing about Iowa City having turf over there. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, they, and the 1A2A, they're not used to that. They want to play on the ranch grass. They want to come here. So, yeah, sports, is it meant to be played on carpet? Nah. It, although this new carpet's really nice. <laughs> it's nice, but it's not like, you know, it's not great. You, you, want, you want really tough carpet, go to Carroll Lumber. They've got carpet. They got carpet then. It's going to last forever in your home. Their life Dreamweaver carpet. It's made with pure color technology. It won't uh, once again. It won't fade out. It's dyed completely through. It won't wear as easy. You can uh, bleach out from spot cleaning. Uh, again, it's great stuff. Go and stop on by Wall Lake, Lakeview, Odebolt, and Carroll for Dreamweaver carpets. Two things for you. Don't there. play on turf, by the way. That's my advice. Two things. <laughs> One, Dreamweaver. I'm disappointed as a real professional. You didn't have that song playing in the background. Ah, uh, yeah. That, that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> One right of my there. favorite songs, but okay. <laughs> and then second of all, um, yes, I did respond to Blankman's uh, ad last week about the uh, sports uh, performance and uh, needing some. I did, I did send him an inappropriate text message uh, reminding him that I'm – It's. It's not exactly a headline when you get an inappropriate message from Honnold. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. He tells me I'm number one quite often. Well, because <laughs> you are. <laughs> Got to talk uh, last week. Uh, Carol Tigers making their uh, appearance at the state basketball tournament. Jeff and Jeff, you guys are both down there yeah. for that ball game. Uh, great first quarter. Just, you know, one of those second quarters that it just got away. DCG just got hot. Now there's not much you can do about it. Stayed that. hot. Yeah. The entire tournament. Yeah, they uh, they got hot from the three-point line in the second quarter, uh, but I thought it was on the defensive end. Um, Carroll struggled to score, scored just six points, and then that little run that DCG made right at the end of the half um, kind of put them up by 12, and then uh, they went on that run there, a 10-2 run to start the third quarter it, and kind of put Carroll uh, you know, behind the eight ball. And, and one of the things with DCG, they've been like this all year, you get down by six or eight, there might not be a team better in the state. Doesn't matter the class size. It's spreading the ball out, yeah. working the clock. And I'm not talking running a stall game, but just being patient. And they they wait for the defense to make a mistake, and then they get good looks. And they did that in that game. And, and if you listen to Coach Beeson, and I think his defensive plan was very sound. They're a dribble drive team, as you as you talked about. They spread the ball, they pass it around a lot, and then they go in. So what did he do? He packed it in. We're not going to let him dribble drive. And they started shooting threes. And I think a couple times they surprised themselves. But they stayed hot at the three-point line all year, all tournament long. So they haven't really had to shoot threes. They look like they're pretty good. They're a good-looking three-point shooting team. And, and just they're a, a well-balanced team that was, as they proved, tough to defend. Yeah, Carroll did well defensively. But when they're making threes like that, you just got to tip your cap saying, okay. I mean, you just got to give them that. There was one. The kid went under the basket, went all the way under, just kind of chucked it up behind his head. And 
it went in. Like, oh, you're in trouble. And I, I think one of their plans, if you started watching early in the game, they were kind of shooting, and I think what their idea was, even if they didn't make it, they were going to crash the boards and get the rebounds and then be underneath. And they just started falling in, and from there they got confident. They started shooting NBA shots. Yeah, and it was different guys. Um, Runyon hit them early, uh, and then it was the Jones kid that hit them in the second half. And, and uh, yeah, I, I thought Carroll played well. I just, uh, you know, I said it after the game that day. I even think I said it during the broadcast. That DCG team that we saw last Tuesday was a different DCG team than we mm-hmm. saw back at the end of January. I tell you what, one I give credit to the uh, Carroll crowd as well. They were Big they crowd. showed up in force. And one thing that showed up on Facebook later on is they took up a collection for the winter yes. set, folks, uh, to help with a little tornado damage. Fourteen hundred dollars as Carroll fans passed the hat yep. around. And so, what a great effort by the Carroll Tiger fans. And I saw something on Facebook. Uh, somebody from Winterset posted uh, a comment. Thank you. It said Winterset strong, Carroll kind. I right. thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I'll say this about the crowd as well, uh, not just the fact that they did that wonderful thing for Winterset, but when you sit down on press row <laughs> and stuff, you hear the crowds behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes you 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 know they taught you me some flinch <laughs> at some yeah. of the things that are hollered by even adults that are sitting. Didn't hear any of that um, during the Carol High. That Carol High crowd was really respectable, um, very very good crowd. There were some crowds in some games prior to that where sometimes I even wanted to kind of turn around and go, "Really? Yeah, <laughs> you're saying that oh, yeah. at a high school game? Um, you know?" But yeah, and I, from, I, mostly from adults that yes. should know a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. But they don't. Yeah, yeah. They clearly not setting a good example. And, and Winterset, what a what a crowd Winterset brought. Yeah, you know, uh, nice distraction from them. But boy, they had a big crowd walking and in. Good there. to see them win their first game. Yeah. I know yeah. they ended up in overtime. DCG, but uh, nice that they were able to to win that first game. So, so, but I did love the uh, the boring chant as soon as DCG kind of started <laughs> holding the ball. I mean, Carroll fans were just immediate boring. Yeah. Come on, we want to run. We want to get out there and do that. But yeah. uh, it was a great experience. Once again, we hope to see this team back uh, for the Carroll Tigers next year. What does the outlook look? The, how much do they lose? How much do they bring back? Now, losing quite a bit on the senior group. Uh, you know, Caleb Booth, Nick Mackey, um, you know, Caden Cook. Um, th- those are going to be tough guys uh, to replace. But I, I really liked what I saw from Tanner Gatto. We, we named him our, our player of the game, mm-hmm. the motor and player of the game. He's just a sophomore. Evan Hammer had a really nice year as sophomore. Um, they'll have some young guys coming in. I, I think coaches got this program now where I'm not going to say it's actually a plug and play, but his guys that are coming up into the program are prepared. His drop off yes, won't be as severe. They 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 know what he wants. They've been coached well, um, and and I think they're going to be fine. All right, good enough. So that is KCIM Sports Rewind for this week. Once again, you can catch a podcast of it available on the website through the mobile app as well on the brand new sports page. It's sports.1380kcim.com. Make sure you like that and uh, look for us on social media. Just type in Carol Broadcasting Sports Network. We'll be there on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram.